from the Three Story Method Podcast Network. This is the Serial Fiction Show. I'm Christine Daigle. And I'm J.P. Reinbush. Welcome to the Writer's Serial Fiction Show. If you haven't listened to today's story, we'd encourage you to pause and go listen to Craig Strickland's episode on our companion podcast first. We can only play half the episode, so if you like what you hear, check out the full episode free on Vela. The link to the podcast and the Vela episodes are in the show notes. So, Christine. So, JP. How has your week been? It's been pretty fine. I'm on winter break vacation right now, so, woo-hoo. you know, the usual. Always thinking I'm going to get so much done and getting less done because, I don't know, I'm just <laughs> mostly sleeping. <laughs> you are catching up on life yes much needed sleep deprivation um you know holiday preparations finally started working on the novel again though so that is good i'm setting aside two hours a day to get back to working on the novel because it's just been serials this and that since july so i've really been looking forward to that and kind of setting my soul my soul setting <laughs> it's it's my soul jp <laughs> uh, <laughs> setting a goal of uh doing that re- revision in two weeks but we'll see how that goes excellent yeah so how that about you very nice um i'm not on winter break because i elected to not do that for no reason apparently <laughs> um but i'm i'm having a good time uh Let's see. I I think last time we talked, I was complaining about ha- needing to find a good system uh, for the keeping the the plan outline, and we were using like some Google Sheet thing. But the problem was that the changeability was very difficult. Like once you put something in, it was pretty much locked, and so like we couldn't move episodes around like we wanted. Then I remembered Notion.so, which is a fantastic and amazing planning website. Um, And basically, we took the overall outline, and it is a database. And then when you click on those, it opens up separate pages for each episode, and you can edit that, which is exactly what we want to do, because if you edit that page, it edits back in the database. So it is amazing for planning. Um, I totally forgot about it, and now it's like... I've lost my mind and I'm so excited because it makes it so much better. Um, so yeah, we basically planned that out and then now we have drafts and we're, um, I think three episodes ahead of publishing right now. So that's pretty good. And we are moving to Sundays. Oh, nice. I'm moving to Sundays as well. I've decided that nice. I'm, you know, doing, uh, the Christmas drop, which is a Tuesday. And then I'm just going to drop one the next day and then start going Wednesday, Sunday, instead of, Tuesday, Saturday, because I think that is a better strategy. So smart. Definitely. Yeah, we, we're we going to, because we have um, a two-part Winter Wonderland special. Um, and so on Thursday, we are going to post our first part one, and then Sunday, we're going to post part two, and then make the announcement that all episodes are moving to Sunday. Nice. And this episode is airing after uh, Christmas, but you started the Santa Hat Club. So I have seen quite a few Bellas who have put Santa hats on their characters, which is fabulous. It makes me giggle every time I see a new Bella cover with a a character wearing a Santa hat. That's I I really want to like keep doing that for certain holidays um, or just trying to like do different things because that's a really fun part about Vela is that we can change our covers. So um, 
I know like I made my cover, so I don't have any problems with like the cover designer getting mad about it. Uh, but I think it's just a really fun um, addition that other platforms or other different types of media can't do. So I think yeah. it's a fun difference. Agree. I'm looking to seasonal and holiday themed Vela covers from here Good. on out. Yeah. Expect more. Okay. Sounds great. All right. You ready to talk to our author? Yes. Before we talk to our author, let's talk about Pro Writing Aid. And again, I'm looking at this, all the new things that are coming out from Pro Writing Aid and their new features. And now before you even start writing, you can set your specific document type to see the goals for your reports that will matter to the different readers. So I'm looking at the document types. They have nonfiction, academic essay, self-help, business, thriller novel, email, CV, romance novel, children's book, web article. There are more and more and more. So you can set ahead of time your type of document so that you know the goals are tailored to you. So that's awesome. I think anytime there's more, um, more uh, tailoring, that more specificity, and then that makes it even easier. I'm looking at the creative ones. There's general fiction, uh, biography, fantasy, historical fiction, horror, Whatever you're writing, Pro Writing Aid's got you covered. Definitely. And I really like that because mine always gets the default of general fiction. And so maybe with these new changes, I'll, I'll be able to kind of specify it a little bit easier. But I've noticed that like there are lots of variability when it comes to those different types of you know, not necessarily grammatical errors, but, you know, sentence length and sentence structure, which you would expect. I mean, it depends on the audience that's reading it and also just the style of writing. And so when you're able to kind of get a collective group, like let's say thriller and you're writing in thriller, it makes it makes way more sense uh, for you to align with what is the average data set for that so that you can kind of gear your writing towards that. Exactly. Especially when it's like, oh, maybe your sentence like this too short. Well, maybe not if you're writing thriller because those action scenes, you get those short punch and punchy sentences that just move things along. So yeah, I'm really excited to play with that and and see how that, that goes for my writing. So yeah. 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 So pro writing aid, uh, you should use our serial discount. Our 20% discount is what it is. Uh, and the, the discount code is serial 20, S-E-R-I-A-L 20. ProWritingAid.com. Do it. Woo. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your serial. I want to start by talking about your hook in the first episode. So you have this sort of omniscient narrator who gives the reader information the characters are both avoiding as well as information that they're not aware of. So they're trying to walk off this grief and then neither of them knows about this mansion, this building up there waiting for them. How do you think about good hooks at the beginning of your stories? Well, I want, in this case, I wanted to do something to not only introduce the setting, and it's it's a horror piece, so the setting has the atmosphere, which is almost as much of a, a villain or a scary uh, character as any of the other characters. So I also wanted to introduce the idea of their conjoined grief, just to hint at it. We don't quite know what it is yet. So I tried to, I, I thought before I wrote it, I need to put these in here, both in the mood and the tone and uh, the descriptors that I'm using and in the cues in the dialogue. So these are all things I tried to put together. 
as as we discussed in the readers section of the podcast, I, I'm just I'm trying to make this something that that will work on all different levels. I think you made our job for finding theme really easy uh, because I believe you just go out and say it uh, with the quote, avoid it, fear grows, face it, fear goes. Uh, and this is very much akin to um, Blake Schneider, Save the Cat, where you you state your theme, at least in screenplays. And then when that was adapted for novels, um, I'm just curious, is this uh, a running theme throughout the whole series? And uh, how much do you circle back to this, um, creating that kind of causal link between characters avoiding their internal fears and the external world responding with the various evils and whatnot? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you pegged it, uh, JP. That That's an important quote from a, a character that bounces off Kelly quite a bit. It's her therapist. And he's trying to help her through her panic episodes. But uh, on a broader note, of course, it it really applies to all of the other characters we will meet and all of the other fears they will have to face. And uh, I guess, yeah, the overall theme would be, um, you know, if you face your fears, if you can articulate them, and uh, if you can maybe get a little support group going, uh, you can possibly conquer them. So, uh, yeah, it absolutely. That's one of the, the major themes there, along with all the individual character arcs I'm trying to build in. Yeah, and I think you see some of that theme reflected with Kelly in the first episode, uh, who's your protagonist in that episode, or at least your point of view character. She wants to walk off this grief, but it seems like the elephant in the room or what she needs and what her father needs as well is to address this shared grief. How do you go about constructing wants and needs for your characters? Well, as far as wants and needs, I, every every character has to have some something they want, and you have to keep that foremost. And it might be something that they want to stop, or it's something that they, you know, a goal they want to reach. So I did look at each character and and do that and. And it couldn't be something as superficial as I just want the haunting that was sent to me from the lodge to get off my back. It had to be something internal. What is their life about? What do they really want to do with their lives? So Kelly's a little bit lost at the beginning. Um, uh, Ed is too. Uh, the two of them, as I said, are the anchor characters. They're going to follow us through. We're going to follow them through the entire series and we'll get to know them the best of anybody. Um, I think once we learn what their, what their shared grief is, uh, it'll kind of be clear what direction I'm going with that. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I've got, uh, you know, Ed has a certain goal in, re in regards to that. Kelly, of course, wants the panic attacks to subside. She has other goals as well that become evident. I'm curious on how you construct scenes. So when we look at this first episode, if we look at it through the perspective of the three C's, the conflict being that, you know, there's a chain, this this moment of trespassing, and that choice is to kind of press on to keep going and, and surpass that. And then that cliffhanger, hearing that, that scream, that potential creature in the distance. Um, so I'm just curious, especially when you do the, like, character swapping throughout a an episode, how that scene construction looks like for you? 
Yeah. Um, again, at the beginning of each scene, I want to I I try to figure out what I want I want to accomplish by the end of that scene. In what ways do I move the plot forward incrementally in that scene? In what ways do I cast light on the characters in that scene? I don't think there should be any wasted space or any wasted scenes or even vignettes, even in a, a serial that's this long. Everything should go towards what you see as your plot or your theme. So before I sit down and, and cobble down the scenes, I've got all that in my mind. Okay, are we going to find out by the end of the scene a little more about Kelly's panic disorder? Are we going to know, are they going to walk a little further around this lodge? And what are they going to see which will be reflected in a future episode? And uh, and it's all, you know, there's just lots of moving parts, but uh, kind of how I go about it. Nice. When I was reading this, it kind of reminded me of a story you would tell around a campfire. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, are you a fan of oral storytelling? And do you think that can help? With written stories? Yeah, I, actually, I love oral storytelling. I think uh, it's it's fascinating. And, you know, it's interesting, hearkening back, uh, you had mentioned in the first podcast that my roots were f- from writing some of the Scary to- Stories for Sleepovers series. And a lot of those stories, which were written for kids, uh, were the stories you would read around campfires at night to freak yourselves out, you know? So... Absolutely. I think I've always got that in the back of my mind, thinking of it uh, more in terms of oral tradition and imagining. That's that's one reason I wanted to read the episode tonight, because I, I like the idea of being able to actually say it in my own voice, too. That's awesome. I think, too, uh, I saw that you've been to a lot of places around the world, from Russia, Japan, Italy, South America, just to name a couple. Um, how has that influenced your writing? You've been, you've been reading up on me, JP. Uh, certified stalker. You are stalking well. <laughs> I have to say, um, it's really been wonderful. I mean, the, the more you know of different people and different cultures, it's, it's, it's such a fantastic education. Um, we did have the honor of being able to, to go to Japan the year before the pandemic, and that's one of the reasons I put the um, the Japanese tropes in there and the okai stories, and uh, there's three Japanese characters in the book, uh, because I so admire that culture. Similarly, um, we there's a, a woman who's a native uh, Russian and moves to Shadow Pine, and there's a certain reason behind it. And I have a character, two characters from uh, Vietnam, and we saw Vietnam last year. As a matter of fact, we were on a cruise when the pandemic broke out in Asia, which was the wrong place to be. <laughs> but that'll be a story unto itself. So anyway, yes, being, being at different places, it does nothing but enrich your outlook on the world and your ability to be able to tell, tell about those, those spots. So speaking of influences, you are also a descendant of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, an American poet and teacher known for translating uh, Dante's Divine Comedy and <laughs> writing the poem Paul Revere's Ride. How has your family's lineage played a role in the way you approach writing? And are there any family secrets or documents that have been passed down? 
I would love to, to use this forum to pass on some juicy secret if only I had one. But, but I love the idea that you're trying to tease one up, Christine. And if, there, if there's a possible way of finding that out, I promise to get back to you. I don't think there's any real um, secrets. However, it has always been inspiring to know that, you know, there was a serious writer who's known that's back in the family tree. Um, one of the... Uh, one of the sadnesses, I guess, a little little bit of sadness in my life is that my my maternal grandmother was a writer, loved to write, wrote poems, wrote stories, and she died of breast cancer when I was only six and a half. And I've always thought, and you know, we all have this in our lives. We have people that have passed on who are related to us. If, and if only the timing had been different. Wouldn't I have loved to sit down with my with my grandmother and share my love of writing? But you know that that just is what it is. Definitely, yeah. I I uh, know the feeling. So it's uh, one of those things that you just have to move on and and yeah. write right on. Exactly. Uh, so you write many different genres, uh, which you've mentioned in the the other podcast as well. Do you have any tips for what makes a good story in general, regardless of genre? I think, I think the best thing I, I would recommend is that you mix the genres a bit. I think it's really fun to put bits of what would traditionally be considered tropes from one genre and meld it together and have fun with it because you know, a lot of the stuff we do in genre writing, like horror, it's been done. So you've got to find ways to break out of the box, make it interesting, make it new, um, throw in elements of, of romance, you know, put a little science fiction into it. And why not have good writing with genre fiction? You can just, you know, you can have good, not purple prose, but just really good readable writing. So, yeah, I, I think no matter what genre you choose to write in, just just make it the best you can. I'm a fan of putting sci-fi in everything, so that's great advice. Yes, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> just set it in space. I'll be a fan. Okay. <laughs> Shakespeare in space. Uh-huh. So, as an author who writes different genres, what are some of the challenges that come along with that in terms of differentiating social media or targeting audiences and those kind of things. Yeah. I wish I was a better marketer uh, because boy, you're, you're so right. It's just, there's really specific things you need to do here in 2021 to promote your stuff, especially if it's on a platform like Vela. I love the platform, but you, you know, there's specific ways you have to promote it. And I've done a number of them, but not all of them. It's still a nut I have to crack. So, um, and as far as the other genres, I mean, there's, there's different approaches to, to each of them. There's, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm hardly a social media wizard, however. And what I've done is, and what I've done to promote my Kindle Vela is I've got a pretty active Twitter account. And I do promote it regularly on there. And I, here I'm on this show. Hopefully that, that might get a few readers. That would be very cool. Um, Benjamin Ritland on uh, Twitter and on Vela. Uh, occasionally does a Kindle Vela hop. 
So I've done that before. So it's just a matter of trying to be creative and figure it out. I certainly don't have the answers on that one, though. Definitely uh, a, a game to slowly and attempt to figure out. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to ask about that blog hop before JP moves on. Can you tell us about that? Maybe uh, give some tips to other authors looking to yeah, do the same thing. Fun. So uh, anyway, he's he's a good guy. We're actually beta reading for each other now. We met each other on Twitter, but it's Benjamin X. Ritland is his name, and he's very prolific and he's a good writer. So and he has a serial on on Vela. So he occasionally does a blog hop. And what he what it means is, if you want to sign up for it, that's great. You do it, and you are expected to promote the other people that are on the blog hop that time. And you try to read their free episodes. If you like the stories, give them likes. If you like, you know, if you enjoyed it, follow them. So it's a matter of giving a little more of a spotlight on these stories. So. It, it was good. I, I enjoyed doing it, and I definitely got some uh, some good response from it. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, how you construct your scenes, but I'm curious on your overall outlining and or planning process. What does that look like? Uh, do you have something physical and tangible, or uh, what kind of uh, software do you use? Yeah, I use Scrivener, um, which I love for the long. Yeah, it's great. Big learning curve on it, but once you've got that down, you you just never go back to Word. It's it's just I. So, for instance, for Vela, on Scrivener, you're able to have two chapters up or two episodes up at the same time, so I can see how one chapter, one episode is going to lead into the other. They are on the screen at the same time. And if I decide, well, you know, I'd like this episode to end here instead, I can easily move it and see how it's going to look. And there's lots of other uh, advantages to it too. So that's absolutely the way I do it. And then second part to your question, we mentioned in the other podcast um, that I consider myself a, a plotter who's willing to go panster if, if the characters and plot give me a different direction. So I wrote out way ahead of time, a pretty extensive outline for this whole book. And as I went along, I would see things that, whoa, hey, I've got to do that. Or I would think of a different trope or become aware of a different trope. I've got to get that in there. So I would, I would work on that. So I'm very detailed with my outline and it's a basis for me to to work on but i'm i'm ready to go right off that anytime if i find that there's a different direction so i have another question just about um the overall serial you're using present tense when telling this tale mm -hmm. so how has that been an advantage in telling the story um i've never written something all in present tense before but it just i experimented a bit with you know, regular past tense. This this book, the whole, the totality of the serial takes place over about four days, even though it's a long serial. I wanted to make it more immediate and it's horror. So I wanted to just drive it home as if these events are happening right now. So I, I went back and forth on it a little bit. Occasionally it goes past tense if there's a flashback or something else that warrants it. But uh, 
in general, I'm, I think it's working in present tense. And I just, I had given it some thought and, and there it is. It's, it's in present tense. Yeah. It definitely makes it that uh, no character is safe when it's in present tense. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Cause you feel like it's unveiling right before you. Exactly. Uh, so more uh, divulging of writer secrets, but what does your daily routine look like and or your weekly routine if it's very different from day to day? Yeah, I've, uh, I have written every day for about 30 years. I set, it, I set this for myself way back when, when I knew that I wanted to write and wanted to be serious about fiction. So I retired recently, but when I was working, I would write during my lunch break. If I have family things going on, I'll get up early and write. My family knows it's a value for me, so they, you know, they're they know that I'm gonna get some writing in. If I can only get in half an hour, that's okay. These days I'm getting in more like six hours a day, um, sometimes more. Um, I could always write more. I'm married, my wife wouldn't be happy if I was really writing as much as I would like because I would, that's all I would be doing. So I'm very happy to be married because she also says, hey, there's other things to do. But I, I really enjoy it. First thing in the morning, I get up and I start. And as you heard, I have many projects going on and it's almost like being still employed, except I'm the boss and I'm doing the stuff I wanna do. Yeah, I love that. And six hours of writing is, that is a solid writing day. That's a yeah. lot of creative energy. Good. So as a final question, what would you say to someone looking to start a cereal? You know, a cereal is a whole different animal. And I had to work on everything from the titles to the author notes to, to the size. And I would suggest they read a bunch of them. They should go on Kindle Bella, read a bunch of the free three episodes support the authors there by giving them thumbs up if you like it follow it buy more but in the meantime absorb what they're doing that you think works and what doesn't work because some of them are are very well done some of them you want to get that next episode and some of them it's like ah, i think i'll move on so i think the more you can read the better and there's no way a writer becomes a good writer anyway if they're not a reader if you're not reading about as much as you're writing, then you're missing out on part of the whole arc, part of the whole education. Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Our thanks today to Craig Strickland for letting us break down their episode. We want to thank you for listening to the Reader Serial Fiction Show. If you know someone who might enjoy the show, send them your favorite episode link. And if you want to leave an Apple podcast review, we read all of them and use your suggestions. You can also leave a comment on the episode on our website, SerialFictionShow.com. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, we have a Patreon where you can get Serial Fiction Show episodes early. We also have tons of other things in the works. So check us out at Patreon.com slash Serial Fiction Show. Thanks. And we'll see you next time with another Serial Fiction episode. And, and that's, that's a wrap. wrap.
It's because I have like a thousand tabs open because I have a problem. Have you started listening to our opinions are correct yet? No, I have a The last episode was lovely. You know, it was just so cute. It was so positive. Okay. I've I've been having a problem. I need to delete TikTok again off my phone because it's DP, stop with the TikTok. I I can't. It's a pro. I, it is a problem. It feeds into my like obsessive need to whatever. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs>